Welcome to Love Talk, Love Talk for Everyday People. I am your host, Tracy J. Hines, and with me tonight I have Terry Saleh. Hey, Terry. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And Leslie Lee. Hey, Leslie. Hey, ladies. How's everyone? Everyone is good. At least I am. Terry, you're good? Good. All is good. It's been a while since we've come together and chit-chat. You know, we had Christmas, we had a new year, and we had some other events that went down. Um, Leslie, you know, we were there for you to just uh, celebrate the homegoing of your mom. It was a tough time, yes. very tough time. But it's good to be back. It's good to be back to sit and, and, and chat for a little while and, you know, talk about love. It does feel good to be back. I can honestly say the month of December was very eventful in my life. It started out with my uncle got sick. This was my father's youngest brother. And mm-hmm. he went to the he went to the doctor's office thinking that he had the flu. And when he got there, they tested him for some things. And then he ended up in the emergency room, ICU, and he never came home. My, so we started my, my. out the month with his death. We buried him, and then shortly after he passed away and that we laid him to rest, my mother had an episode, and she didn't recover, and we laid her to rest. And I just my. want to thank you, ladies, for being there for me. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So I don't, hope you don't mind kind of sharing a little bit on, on this. How, how does that feel? You know, how does it feel to, to have to end? Someone you've you've loved all your life. How does that how does that feel? Well, because I have something to compare it to. I had mm-hmm. two I had two parents. I was raised by a mother and a father. When my mm-hmm. father passed away, the sting of death was real because it was sudden, it was unexpected, never got a chance to say goodbye, and he was gone. He was here one second and gone the next. With my mother, it was a slow progression over seven years. So I didn't feel that sting as much. And mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, I wasn't even sad in the sense that she was no longer suffering. And it was kind of a relief for me as well, if that makes any sense. Because it was very um, interesting, to say the least, to be her caretaker from a distance. And I would imagine it's difficult to watch um, your parents become someone who you didn't really know as they're unable to move around and they become, you know, they can't leave their home and they can't walk and get around. I would imagine that's that's a little difficult, too. It was very difficult because you know my mother. My mother was the one that was the no-nonsense one. My father was no-nonsense, too. But my mother didn't play a whole lot. She didn't joke around a whole lot. And then here she was in this dementia state of mind, and she said anything that came to mind, and you both you know, both were able to see that, and it was funny. But for me, it wasn't funny because that was the woman that raised me, and I wanted her right, to be normal right. again, and she couldn't. She didn't know how to be normal again because dementia had set in, and she had so many insults to her brain with the, the several strokes that she had, so she didn't know how to be right. normal. So that part of it was very upsetting to see the woman that raised me be this other person that I had no clue. I had, I did not know her. No one formally introduced her. She just snuck into the room 
And I always laugh with her, and I said, I don't know who you are, lady, but whoever you are, I need you to bring my mother back. And her reaction would be laughter, right? Yeah, she would laugh at me. She thought it was funny. I'm like, I'm not kidding. I'm serious. So when you look at when we look at our parents, right, and we think about that that relationship that we have with our parents and the love we have for our parents, our parents were the first people who loved us, you know. And I, I kind of want to understand, you know, how that loving relationship affects or even translates to your romantic loving relationships. For me, I can only I imagine equate the two. I never do. I never did. I never equate the two. I never thought about my relationship with my husband was a direct result of how my parents loved me or didn't. I don't know if I can make that correlation. Yeah, I mean, so you it is a very interesting question. I would say the only thing I can correlate is the way that I saw my parents interact um, as a husband and wife, um, I, I make comparisons to how I interact with my husband. And it's um, it's different in a lot of ways, the way I saw my parents inter- interact and the way I interact with my husband. And I think part of it is generational. Obviously, part of it is just personality, and they have different personalities than me and my husband do. Um yeah, so that's an interesting question, but I never thought about it any deeper than that. Right, I, I never I gave was, it any thought either. I always thought that the love that you had or received growing up from your parents and that you gave to your parents, somehow that was the beginning stage of how you were taught to love. You know, as we do these shows and I talk to different people You know, I come across people that don't know what love is, and I wonder often, is it because when you were growing up, you didn't have love, or did somebody have to teach you how to love in order for you to share that love? And that's how I think it correlates. I think if you came up in this loving relationship, you were able to love outside of that relationship for a spouse or romantically or even with friends, you know, at some point, you, you, you take a friend in and you, you begin to love that friend. But if you hadn't had an experience of love, how do you nurture those relationships healthy anyway? I've always thought about Well, that. yeah, uh, you make a good point. I think all of us, um, well, maybe I shouldn't speak for everybody, but we're daddy's girls. I was definitely a daddy's girl. Um, no doubt. Knowing that I had my dad's, love and that he always had my back. Um, he he raised me to be independent and to know that, you know, no matter what, he always had my back. So that definitely affected how I went into relationships. I went into a relationship knowing that the man that um, I would eventually marry would in some ways have to um, be better at taking care of me than my dad. Um, mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it was, um, they had, uh, that that future husband had a lot to compete with because I always had my dad's love and knew I could always, you know, count on him. I, you know, when it comes to how my parents loved me, how they loved each other, like Terry said, I see a lot of differences. We're talking very different personalities. Like my parents, they seem like the quintessential mother, father, husband, and wife figure. Whereas me and my husband, we seem like we're just totally different from whatever 
I've learned or grown up. So right. I didn't put those expectations on him. Was I mad some days? Heck yeah, I was mad when he, I didn't see him doing the things that I thought a husband and a dad should do. But then I realized that he had a different perspective because he had a different upbringing. So I guess you can look at it like you bring to the table what you know, but then you mm-hmm. have to look at people like I have family members who weren't raised by parents or maybe loving grandparents, but know the experience of a bad relationship with their their birth parents. Right. And it didn't hinder them from being the people they wanted to be in relationships. You so know, some I of it is a thought, learned behavior. Some of it's learned. You learn from whoever's in your life at the time that you interact with. And if it's a good experience, then you keep going with that experience. Or if it's bad, mm-hmm. then you pick up those bad behaviors. But it's a learned behavior. And I don't think it necessarily comes from that relationship from your parents. You're learning along the way. You learn how to love men from being with a man. And you learn what you like in relationships or don't like in relationships. There's nothing. I never had a lesson. Like my mother never sat down and gave me the the how to. No, I don't. I don't think it happens like that. I don't think it happens like a lesson. You know, today is you know how to love 101. I just think that what you received as love and what you gave as love to your parents somehow translates into your relationships. You know, I I look. I was raised by two parents, but separately. You know, my my mom and dad separated early on. And I always, in the back of my mind, always think that the reason why I'm not still married or my marriage didn't last is because I didn't live the example. And when it came to being married, because I didn't have the example, I didn't know how to be married. I knew how to love but I don't think I knew how to be married. You know, you, you, you live by example. They don't, it's not a physical lesson. It's not take out your notebook and this is how you're married. But if you're in that and you're watching that, I think your chances of staying married, if that's what you want, are better. And I think the love that you have or give as a child definitely translates into the relationship that you have with, with your romantic whoever. I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with you on that one. <laughs> Only because you know, mm-hmm. I know people that. What about people that grew up in a foster system situation, and then when they became adults and they were in charge of their own lives, they were driven by the circumstances and they wanted something different, something better. And again, somebody who that comes from what they experienced in their life, right? The experiences. And the experiences right. are what teach us. So, therefore, when it comes to saying that, you know, if you had those loving parents, you follow their model and you kind of do what they did, it's different for everybody. Now, yeah, it's different. You may, it's you may be different. You may relate to the fact that you didn't stay married long because you didn't see your parents married long, but could it be that you didn't stay married long because that wasn't a good relationship for you? Because why would you stay in something that wasn't good for you? Of course, that and plays that's a just part. A people thing. That's a people that, that thing. That definitely plays a part. But you know, I just can't help but think that there was something missing, and not just that it wasn't a good relationship, because we all know he cheated. But I always feel like there was something missing that I missed out on because I didn't grow up 
um, in a two-parent household, that I missed a lesson. I missed an experience that I could have carried into my marriage that may have shifted my marriage a different way. Well, it could have definitely... It could have definitely affected your marriage, whether it um, was the cause of a great marriage or a bad marriage. I'm not sure if you can correlate the two. Because people grow up in different generations. Like Mm -hmm. the way my parents thought about traditional marriage um, is totally opposite of what my children right now in their 20s think about traditional marriage. So Mm -hmm. that 50-year difference is just because we're just growing up in different eras. So that affects the relationship and affects the success of your marriage. And then there's personalities. Like some people are introverts, some people are extroverts, some people are loud, some people need space. You know, all of those things, um, I'm not sure if the way I was raised affected, you know, the fact that I need, you know, quiet time sometimes. I think that's mm-hmm. just my personality. Right, right. I don't know. Tracy, it's... I I look at, okay, so you may have not seen the mother and father figure every day together in the same home. But you had examples of that, what it looked like with family members. I'm sure you have family members that their parents stayed together. You saw them. You interacted with them. You have friends that have parents that stayed together. So you saw the examples. So Yeah, I, I saw the examples. Like you were but foreign to it. You may, be, you right, may have I wanted it in it. your life because that's but, what you desired, but you saw the examples. I saw the examples on the surface. You know, I didn't see the examples up close in front. I saw the surface examples. And I guess because it's what I didn't have, that's why this runs rampant in the back of my mind. You know, it's still at this stage of my life. I still think about things like this. You know, yeah. I always wonder, you know, I, I because mm-hmm. I didn't have it. You know, mm-hmm. and you guys say... It's it's personality. I get that. I get it's personality. I get it's the times. But I guarantee you, if you interview your son who's married, Leslie, and you ask mm-hmm. him about his marriage and what did he take from your marriage, your husband's marriage, you and your husband, into his marriage, I bet you he's going to have something that he took from that marriage. Good, bad, or I would have to, we, Maybe we could get him on the show because I wouldn't want to speak for him, but I know that my son, my oldest son who's married, uh-huh. like most children, when they get, when they start to live their adult life, they look at what they thought was wrong with their childhood and they try to run as far from that as possible. So I've heard him say the things that he experienced as a child he would never do to his daughter. I heard him say the things that he witnessed as um, a child growing up in this household that he doesn't ever want to emulate. So I've heard those stories. I don't know what he took away that makes him stay in the marriage that he's in now. So maybe we could ask him to come on the show and ex- explain or, or you know, give some point of view of what he took away. But I don't think that he looked at it like, oh, this is what you do because this is how I was raised. I think that he got into a relationship. He was young. They're making it work. They struggle through. They have their ups and their downs, and they're just doing this thing not 
by happenstance, but I think because they choose to stay together. Right. They do the choose, good and the bad. They choose to love each other. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how you love and carry out that love. And not just how you were raised and whether you let your child do this or you let your child do that. But between you and your husband, he saw love. He definitely saw love. I saw it, and I grew up with you guys. So does he take that? And that's what you're saying. We should have him on and ask him. Does he take I, that I, love? That's the only way I and, can. Yeah. I, I couldn't and speak for that, him because he he was the first. He was our test case, if you if you will. <laughs> he was and a so test baby, right? Made, we made a lot of mistakes on the first one. <laughs> the second one, he definitely picked up something different. He They act like different people. You would never think that they were raised by the same two people. So I think it's Terry, their was, own experience. Terry, did you feel like your your firstborn was your test baby? Did you feel the same way? Yeah, I feel like all first babies are test babies, definitely. I think because you, you were the first baby in your family. Yeah, um, you you don't know what you're doing. You never did this before. So right, yeah, they're all test babies. That is so funny. I know my second. We didn't get sterilized bottles. <laughs> There's a whole lot of stuff yeah. we didn't do the second time. <laughs> It's like he's gonna be fine. And when it came to Justin, he was so daggone bad. It was like anything to make him not cry. If he is playing with the scissors and he's happy, let him play with the scissors. Right, because <laughs> that's, that's gonna how work. it went down. That's how it went down. Let him play with the scissors. He's not crying. So, like when my mom and dad, when I was growing up, you know, again going back to tradition, my mom. Um, made my dad's plate of food every night mm-hmm. and, you know, brought it to him at the table. Right. Um, and so the wife was more um, domestic, for lack of a better mm-hmm. word, back then. And I saw that. I mean, you know, I'm I'm a kid. I, I see all of these things. Um, but I didn't bring, and, and, and maybe that contributed to the, the length of their marriage. They've been married uh, 55 years now, and so because she was um, very, um, you know, serving to her husband, you know, in mm-hmm. that traditional era, you know, that was contributed to the success of their marriage. Fast forward 20 years later, I'm in my marriage. I don't do that. You know, sometimes I do, but I don't feel like, you know, I have to do that in order to make my husband happy or, you know, because that's what culture says you do. So I saw it as a model. Did I use it as a model? No. Was it it an expression of love? I really did see it as an expression of love, my mom showing love to my dad. This is something that was important to him at the time. And... Mm -hmm. She said, okay, if this is important, I'm going to make my husband happy. I do that same thing in other areas to, you know, knowing what's important to him. So it's not necessarily the act of how you express your love. It is expressing the love. So you took it from your mom. that She expressed love this way. So you knew from looking at your mom that you need to express love, but express it in your own way. Exactly. So think if you hadn't been with both of your parents, and I know it's hard to think about this because you were, and it's impossible to imagine what you didn't have when you had it. But if you Mm -hmm. hadn't seen that from your mom, maybe you wouldn't be sharing 
your way of loving in other areas in your marriage, the things that you do do for your husband, not, not the bringing the food to the table, but the other things that you do. And that's where my mind is always wandering around. You right. Know, what and did I miss? I can agree with your point there. I think it made it easier for me because I did see a model, a good model. Um, that's not to say that my marriage, had I been raised in two, by two parents that were in separate locations, um, wouldn't have been successful. I do think it would have been harder because I would have had to learn. It would have been kind of like the test baby concept. Like I have exactly. never done this exactly. before. I don't have a model. So now i got to figure out, okay, what does a good marriage even pretend to look like? You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and, and what were our examples on TV? The Brady Bunch, and that looks nothing like us, or the Flintstones, <laughs> you know? So I, right. I always think about that, you know? Yes, I had you guys. We grew up together. I always saw your parents, but I never saw the intimate inside details of your parents. I saw the surface. So I guess that's why it runs. Well, you know what somebody said to me, like, when years ago, I used to go back and forth, like, with my mother. My mother Mm -hmm. was not a mean woman. My mother was not um, a spiteful woman. My mother, I can honestly tell you the day that I remember that my mother changed and she just closed in. My mother was already or was an introvert, but she knew how to socialize. But when it came to raising me, I had that big personality that I don't think she knew how to handle. And so Mm -hmm. when her mother died, that's when I saw the light go out in my mother. And there was things that my mother, yes. And I was a little girl. I was like... Mm -hmm. I was in the first grade, I think, when my grandmother died. You remember, and I saw, it. You remember it. Oh, I remember clearly. And I saw mm-hmm. the light go out in my mother. And my mother, it seemed like she had a difficult time being that mother of somebody that had this big personality. So a lot of things that young girls did that their mothers would take them through, especially in that elementary age, my mother uh-huh. didn't and couldn't because she didn't know how. And there was years that I would blame her and I would be mad. Like, I wish my mother was a, one of those kind of women that would, would, you know, hang out with me or, or teach me things about being a woman. My mother wasn't that woman. But I did, it didn't detract from who I wanted to be. And right. it was people like you that brought it to my attention that time when the kids were outside and they came running through the house and my son, the oldest one, came and gave me a hug and I cringed. And I and it, and it wasn't that I cringed because I didn't want him to touch me. It was just so normal that I didn't express love like in those kind of huggy, feely kind of ways that you brought it to my attention. Thank God you caught me when he was still young and I can – really reason with it and think about it like, oh, I got to do things different because I'm going to crush this boy's spirit. And then I, remember I started that day. to, do you remember that? And I started to I do. remember that I needed to hug him more, hug my kids more, hang out with them, be nicer so to them. That's, I tried. that's the point that I'm talking about. That but I didn't get that, that from my mother. You didn't mm-hmm. get that from your mother. You, it, you couldn't learn that behavior. Not as a physical one-on-one lesson, but you couldn't even see it. And so you couldn't give it to your children until someone said, hey, look at this. This is what you did, and maybe you can adjust it. And then you were able to adjust. So that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about that I think affects, and not just your romantic relationships. You know, you know women, and I'm sure you know guys, that they, they have a hard time keeping friends or, or nurturing relationships. 
The stuff mm-hmm. that you get as a youngster in your, in your home life, I really believe that it truly affects how you carry out other relationships, your friendships, your romantic relationships, your working relationships. They're all relationships. And in some of them, you need some kind of love. And if you never came up knowing anything about love, you're going to have a difficult time going through those relationships. And the thing that I see about my mother that was so difficult for her, I got it from other people. I got it mm-hmm. from your mother. I got it from aunts. I got it from close friends. But my mother wasn't that chick. And I and I like I said, I somebody told me recently, like, don't play that game. Don't start blaming her for the things that that, that do you didn't fulfill in your life because once you become an adult, it's your decision to make different choices for yourself. So don't blame your mother about things that you thought because I was getting ready to go there when there was a situation that I was talking to somebody and I was like, I wish my mother would have been more protective of me and, and didn't let people treat me a certain way. And I'll, and I'll give you an example. Like on my mm-hmm. father's side of the family, there's some family members that I'm just not close to. And and at right, this stage right. in my life, at 52 years, I'll be 52 this year, I have no desire to be close to them. But I'm saying to myself, like, when I was younger, why didn't my mother put me first. I mean, I'll give you an example. There was a time, this is, I was in my 20s. I'm married. I have kids. There was a falling out in our family, and one side of the family was mad at me. I'm not even going to go into the details about why they were mad at me. They were mad at me. There was a Thanksgiving dinner, and my mother and father was like, okay, we're going to Aunt So-and-So's house. And I knew we weren't invited. Me and my family were not invited right, right. to Aunt So-and-So's house. Now, had that have been me, I would have been like, listen, listen here, if my kids are not invited, we're not coming, and we'll have dinner right here. That's the kind of mother that I wanted. That's the kind of mother that would have been like, you know what? What you're not going to do is do this to my child. I wanted that right, mother. Right, right. And she didn't know how to be that mother. But that now, as a woman, I as a grown woman, I can't sit back and blame her and be mad at her. Because mm-hmm. that's all she knew. She didn't know how to be that woman. And like I said, I had this big personality, and she didn't know how to be the mother of this person that needed that mothering, that type of mother. Right, right. I needed somebody that had my back, somebody that would have been like, what? You did what? Kind of like that situation with your cousin when we were on the bus. With my cousin, right. We were on the reunion, yes. right? And we were trying to make the bus scare him and leave him. And his mom stood up and was like, y'all will not be playing that game on my son. Not my yeah, son. You will not leave my son. Yeah. And that's the kind of mother I wish I had. Like somebody that just stood up and said, you're not going to do this to my child. No, not you. Yeah. It's interesting. It's very interesting what we have, what we carry from our childhood and our relationships with our parents. I mean, my dad was always there. He was always there. I've been a daddy's girl all of my life. He was present. You know, I didn't get to witness um, him and my mother together. And when I was with my dad, he didn't have a whole bunch of girlfriends either. So I never really saw my dad interact with anyone, any other women other than his sisters and our family member. Because when I had time with my dad, it was just that time with me and my dad and the family. So I never saw how he loves or until now, you know, now he's got a girlfriend 
and not now, but even before, as I was an adult, he had remarried. So I got to see it after I was an adult. And it, it's a little different. It's a little different learning that behavior as an adult versus when you're a child. I, I really wish that I would have had that growing up. I just kind of feel like maybe I would go after things or do things a little bit differently had I seen more of that. Anywho. And what I do know is that your mom, who was a fierce, independent woman, she definitely mm-hmm. raised you to be that same way, which you carry definitely into your relationships. You know, you are mm-hmm. independent and you... Um, are assertive, you stand up for yourself, and, you know, no one's going to mistreat you in a relationship. I know you got all of those good qualities from your mom. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely from my mom. Definitely got that from my mom. She had some lessons. They were hard lessons, but she had lessons nonetheless. She was a tough lady. (laughs) A funny story for me, Terry, I used to tell the story all the time. When Tracy was younger, she liked to run the streets. So she was always out going here, going there. So on Saturday mornings or Saturday afternoon, once I finished doing what I do in the house, I would go right to Miss Taylor's house. I was like, hi, Miss Taylor. What you doing? And she's like, nothing. Can I come in? And I would spend Saturdays with Miss Taylor painting my nails, talking, chit-chatting about nothing. And I know she was probably like, I wish this little girl would go home because this is my quiet <laughs> time. But she didn't send me home. And, we, and I would just hang out at her house. And I learned a lot. And she would have real conversations with you, right? Yes, yes. I Mm -hmm. learned a lot. I I know you learned a lot. Years. For years I did that. She would tell you, you, okay. She she would say, ladies don't bite their nails. You want to know why ladies don't bite their nails? Because underneath your nails is a nail. No, but not only that, but like, like Terry said, I learned a lot. Your mother shared personal stuff with me. Stuff about her life yeah. that I probably wouldn't, yeah, she, unless you ask me and you want to have a conversation, I don't talk about it because that was between me and her. That's that right, and that's how it should be. That's how it should be. That is exactly how it should be because she knew whatever she was telling you, that's what you needed. That's the kind of woman my mother was. She just knew that that would do something for you. It did. Yeah, it's hard. It had a it's huge very hard. impact on my life. And another funny, funny story I was leaving to go to college. My mother and father had me packed up. My mother never gave me any sex talk or none of that. Your mother came in before she was going to work. I was on the couch. She said, um, listen, I want you to go to school, have a good time. She said, don't bring her no babies. <laughs> <laughs> and what did I do? I brought back, back a baby, baby for her to babysit. Yeah. I guess that's one nugget of um, wisdom you didn't listen to, huh? No. Nah. She didn't get that nugget. <laughs> that one went right over her head, Terry. Yeah. Right over her head. I you, you know, my heart does go out. Because I got so many nuggets growing up that I do remember, my heart does go out for those that don't get any love, that don't get any kind of guidance or love, and they're pretty much raising themselves Um that's hard. That's hard. I can't imagine what kind of person I would have been or would be today had I not had my mom and my dad, although separate, but had I not had them teaching me how to, how to love myself and how to love other people, that would have been tough. It would have been tough. And there's plenty of people out there that just don't know how to love, have no idea what it's about. Yeah, and it's I like think they're reinventing the wheel, you know, and they shouldn't be mm-hmm. starting over. And I think that that's the more important lesson. What did they teach you 
how, in terms of how to love yourself. Like my, like I said, my mother, I'm not, my mother wasn't mean. My mother would give me the shirt off her back. She'd rather give me money than give me a hug. And I understood that. My mm-hmm. mother would rather make sure that my kids had everything. My mother gave them everything. You name it, they got, but that was her way of showing love. And I guess if that was her, five, the, the acts of love or whatever, hers was giving gifts. Love language, yeah. Love right. language. I love language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, I mean, people used to say to me all the time, like, your mother does everything, but she did. But that was her way of showing love because she couldn't do those other things. And it wasn't until, I mean, I'm, and I'm still struggling with that and trying to make sense out of that, but I get it. It wasn't her. She couldn't do it. And and she didn't know how. But on the, on the other hand, it was so funny, Terry, you were telling a story about, you know, serving your husband a plate and da-da-da-da-da. My mother's oldest sister, that was her whole makeup. Whenever you have a husband, he's primary in your life. It's God first your husband, and everything else. And so Aunt Elizabeth was the type of lady that she liked to set the table and make sure that her man was taken care of and you serve him his plate and this, that, and the other. And so, you know, because my mother passed, I get to speak to family that I hadn't talked in a long time. And my cousin Lisa and I, we were reminiscing because when she first got married, her husband was getting ready to make a plate or something, and her grandmother was like, no, 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 Derek, no, 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 Lisa. Your husband is ready to eat now, and you need to make him a plate. You need to serve him. And <laughs> Lisa looked at her nana, and she was like, nana, Derek can make his own plate. And this thing went back and forth, and now that running joke on her side of the family with her and her husband is, Lisa, you have to serve your husband. And my aunt was very serious about that. That was not a joke. Yeah, and that is another one of the five love languages, which is acts of service. And some mm-hmm. people yeah. dig on that, you know, what, what, what can you do for me? What have you done for me lately? And they're not being selfish. It's just that's how they most relate to somebody showing love for them. So right. it's important to know your spouse or your mate's love language. Yeah, yeah it is. It's definitely important. And then it's, I think at this stage in our lives, I can't speak for the young people because they're still trying to make it up and they're doing their thing, but at this stage in our lives, we need to figure out what's really important. You know, the love You know, Leslie, every day, every day I'm defining for myself what's important. And, and, and what's on the top of my list is enjoy every moment. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's mm-hmm. really the end of it. You know, I was um, something so simple. I was sitting at a gas station getting waiting online. I go to BJ's to get my gas, and sometimes the line is ridiculous. And this lady who's doing her gas, she was an older woman. I think she was about 65, black lady. And she was rushing, and she was a little clumsy, and I guess she never really pumps her gas, so she didn't know what she was doing, and she kept apologizing. And the woman behind me was beeping the horn and giving us such a hard time. I got out of my car, and I went over to her. I said, don't rush. Life is too short. I'm learning how to enjoy the moments. Take your time. Don't apologize. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what's important. We could get mad at everything, so many different things. But if you just mm-hmm. enjoy the moments, all that nonsense goes away. It goes away. Well, what I did, I learned a valuable lesson um, after my mother passed. 
And I pray that I continue to keep it alive and and live the rest of my life that way. When my mother passed, she was out of her element. You know, she didn't socialize anymore, so she didn't have a lot of friends. And right. I'm thinking that, you know, the service is going to be very small, just a few people, real intimate. I think that it's going to be as large as it was. And what I learned was that people love me. And I never understood that until I've not, I since I never understood that. I know people love me. They say it. They show it in right. different ways. But some of the acts that I saw over that whole time period, including how you and Terry helped me and, you know, made sure everything was right for me, I know I need to be a better friend. And I, ha- I you know, I take friendships for granted in the sense that, I'm not that person that's going to go out and just buy you a gift, or I don't just pick up the phone when the Holy Spirit lays it on my heart. You know, you need to call so-and-so. I'll ignore that. And now I'm trying not to do that. I'm trying to be that better friend that needs to be supportive, even if in the little things. Right, right. Because I saw, I mean, I had... I did. I, I, I saw people, like, what really touched my heart, and I and this is what made me cry, not even the death of my mother. When I saw people that traveled all the way from another state that I had no clue was coming. Was coming, yeah. And they yeah. made it they made it a priority for them. Oh, that blew my mind. It blew my you know, mind. Death has a death has a way of, of changing you, you know, changing you to be more appreciative, to be more affectionate, just to be a better person. It has a way of changing you. It may not happen in the beginning right away depending on who's passed because you may be hurting so much. But once the hurt subsides a little bit, it has a way of changing you. It has a way of changing you and, and, and making you realize what's really important, you know, where are your priorities and what you should be worried about. And it always reverts back to love. Be more loving. Love someone else better. Love yourself better. Always. It always comes back to that. Yeah, I think... Um... You know, you said that for you what's important day by day is just um, enjoying every minute and for Leslie being a better friend. For me, I was thinking about the last time I met a new friend, the last time I made a new friend. And so I said in 2018, I'm going to make a new friend in 2018. You know, all of us could say, well, you know, I've got enough people in my life. I really don't need any new friends. I'm good with the ones I got. And, you know, we Mm -hmm. hang out every week. And, you know, know, it really isn't that serious. But I think, you know, life is short. Enjoy every minute. Be a Mm -hmm. better friend. And make more friends. Mm -hmm. Right. It might not be that you need another friend, Terry, but whoever you're making a friend with, they may need a friend. You yep, know, and so right. that is a yeah. blessing within itself. You may be blessing someone else, not even realizing. But I'm going to tell you, at this stage of the game, it's not easy making new friends. I know. Well, that's a challenge. That's a challenge for me. That's the 2018 challenge. I might take well, you up I on the challenge. say, like Maya Angelou said, when they show you who they are, believe them. So while you're out making friends, don't invest a lot of time with people that get on your nerves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. 
<laughs> yes, Leslie, that, 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 that's, you know, a given. But it's still not easy making new friends. You know, I, I suffer with not having the patience. You know, I tried to make a new friend, and it backfired on me. You know, it took four years for the backfiring to go down. But, you know, it backfired. I think I shared the story with both of you. Mm-hmm. You know, things so simple. Mm-hmm. But I guess you gotta you got to pick the right people. Some people are very petty, and... um you don't want to be. You don't want to befriend someone who's very petty. You know. You don't want to do. And that then you stuff. gotta know what do you. What is your motive? Like everybody has a reason for being in this relationship. So you gotta know what your motive is. Like for me, making friends is not hard. It's being a good friend to people that should c- continue to stay in my life. That's where I struggle. But I, I'm like that person. Like I can be friends. Like for instance, after my mother passed, and I, I hope nobody thinks this is rude or crude. But while my mother was laying on her deathbed, the only thing that kept playing out in my head is that after this is over, I've got to go away. I've got to relax. I've got to go away. So my my husband and I hopped the plane. We went away. And we were in another country. We enjoyed ourselves. And, like, my husband and I were, like, friendly people. So there we are, making friends with people that I'm still texting back and forth. My husband's texting with and exchanging pictures. And I'm like, hey, maybe we can meet up again at another vacation spot. We just met these people. But well, yeah, it's easy it. to make friends, Leslie. I make friends. I talk to people and we exchange numbers. But the hard part comes after that, you know, keeping them and, and nurturing and really becoming a good That's friend. That's where I struggle. Yeah. Where I yeah. struggle is once I've made the friend, now i got to decide how I need this friend in my life and how I need to show up in their life based on the communication that we have. Because I'm not going to force like the nothing challenge. that's not real. I like yeah, the challenge. It's, it's going to be a challenge, so I'll keep you all and posted. <laughs> I think okay. I'm going to join you. I think I'm going to join you in this challenge. I think okay. I am because... I would like to make a new, not a new, I'd like to make new friends. I'd like to meet other people and some substantial women that I can bond with and do things with and travel with and all of that, you know, to add to the friend circle, you know? Right, right. So let's see. Let's see. We talk about love every week, so hopefully we can share the love, right? Mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to skip that challenge because I'm good in that department. I just have to be better for people. (laughs) Leslie said said she was going to work on being a better friend, so she should be in. She's going to make the relationship she has has better. Exactly. 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 That's That's good. And you know what else happened? Oh, my goodness. At my job? The expressions of love and sympathy, I did not know people cared about me like that. I got so many beautiful cards and emails and people just walking up to me wanting to give me a hug. And I'm like, thank God I'm not at that place where I'm so emotional that I couldn't even receive a hug. Like when my father died, yeah. he couldn't hug me. Don't, don't talk to me. Don't touch don't me. Don't touch my me. Father yeah. died, just yeah. don't even look at me. But this, I, I guess because I was... You know, watching this whole progression over seven right. years. You had, mother, you had seven years to prepare. Mm-hmm. Right. So people were just so kind and wanting to just express their sympathy. And I was just very overwhelmed. Now, that was overwhelming, too. I'm like, I didn't know I even knew this many people on campus. But I guess because I talked to everybody. Well, you know, because you make good friends. at making friends. <laughs> oh, I'll talk gosh. to everybody. I will talk to anybody. 
That's what I do. I talk I to people. How much time will I invest with you afterwards? That's my issue. Yeah. Well, this was good tonight. I might have to let that thought about not growing up with my parents and how that has changed my relationships uh, go. I might just have to let that go at 54 and just enjoy the moments like I plan to do, you know? I'm going to tell you like my friend told me. When you become an adult, you make your own choices. So whatever you didn't receive in your childhood that you thought you needed, you can go and get it now. I know that's right. I know that's right. You sure can. And you can't blame your parents. They did the best they could with what they had. Now you got to, mm-hmm. it's your turn. Yeah. It's your turn. And like you, you said, Tracy, it. every day you're still figuring things out, you know. You would think that once you reach a certain age, it's like, oh, okay, I got it all together. But it never stops. You're always it, no. reinventing yourself. You're always figuring out new things about yourself. Um, it's just an amazing journey, and it's a, it's a wild It really is. <laughs> it, it really. Oh, you know, I wanted to tell you, ladies, something. I, I, this weekend was my dad's birthday, right? So I'm sitting on the couch talking to him, and he turns around and he looks at me and he goes, "You know, Trace, you really look like a different person." He said, "You know, I'm a hair girl. I mean, a hair guy, but I really like that you chopped your hair off." It looks fantastic. And my father mm-hmm. never gives out compliments. So I was just beaming the whole weekend. He never goes all in like that. Never. You know, he might be like, "Ah, hey, you look okay. You look all right. But never like that. So I was like, wow, look at this. Pretty amazing. I agree with him. I agree. I think that that look is you and then you're comfortable in the look and you're starting to show more of who you are yeah yeah it's amazing because it's freeing you're free yeah it is a freedom there's definitely a freedom and i you know not not to like i have a girlfriend that goes between natural she's like listen she's like i go natural but every now and then she's i still got my toe with the creepy crack part i'm like who you girl you do what you gotta do Right, do it for good. You can you feel good about it. That's what shows up in the world. What you feel good about. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, ladies, boundaries. Go ahead, Terry. No, I was going to say no boundaries. You know, do you? Right. Yeah. Do you and enjoy you as you can do it? Because there is. Don't do what I do because I'm only one person, so you can't do me. People out there trying to do me. Stop that. Stop it. It's going to hurt yourself. Right. You, can't. <laughs> you will. You definitely will hurt yourself trying to be somebody else. Well, this was good. This is informative. You know, always spread love. Love is just what connects everything and everybody. Um, there's a blog that I write. I try to kick it out every week. Um, different topics. I'm sure this week I'll be writing about love. You can read the blog at tracyjhines.com, T-R-A-C-I-J-H-I-N-D-S. Dot com and um this is love talk love talk for everyday people thanks for listening have a good night